Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Our Lord and Master Jesus, we are thankful and grateful this evening. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done in our lives. Lord, we thank you even for the opportunity to be here tonight. We pray, Lord, that we do not speak from our own wisdom. I pray, Lord, that I do not speak my own mind and my own understanding. But let the Spirit of God speak through me in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Well, we have been sharing in this weekday service about the call. The call. Hallelujah. We've been sharing about the call. How many of you are coming, at least you are coming to agree that you are also called. You are called to do the work of God. Michelle, you are called to do the work of God. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Um, let us read John chapter 15 and verse 16. We've been talking about the characteristics of called people. The characteristics of people who are called. Amen. Amen. I want us to just look at this scripture again. You know, because I was looking at this scripture today and I think the Lord was telling me something really, really important in this scripture. You know, he says, ye have not chosen me. John 15 and verse 16. Are you there? Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Hallelujah. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. You know, I think this scripture is telling us a lot as Christians. Hallelujah. Now, if this is the God we serve and trust and believe in, if this is the God we pray to and expect that he answers every one of our prayers. Don't we expect God to answer our prayers? If we don't, then we should not bother even praying. Isn't that so? But the reason why we pray is because we believe that we will receive what we pray for. The reason why we pray is we, we anticipate answers to the prayers. And we expect that God will answer our prayer. We don't pray a lot and hope that God will take some. And then he will answer some. Is that, why, is that why we pray a lot? Every single prayer we pray, we believe that God will answer. Amen. We believe that God will answer. But looking at this scripture, I think he's really telling us something serious in this particular scripture. Hallelujah. Because, you see, as I was reading it, I realized that, you know, if you will, if you, someone is constantly asking you for something, do you understand? Someone is constantly asking you for something. Every day the person is asking you for his daily bread, for where he will, that he will wake up, give him air to breathe, give him rain, give him food to eat, give him shelter. Every day the person is asking you about this. Meanwhile, the person doesn't care about the things that are important to you. 
You know, I don't think you will attend to a person like that all the time. Do you understand? I don't think you, you will always attend to someone who is constantly asking you to do things for him or for her. Meanwhile, this person does not care about things that are very important to you. Do you understand? I don't think you will continue to give. You will continue to answer. I think sometimes when you see that person, he will even annoy you. When you realize openly that the person does not care about you, the person does not care about the things that are important to you. Meanwhile, he brings his important things to you. Things that matter to him most, he brings them to you, or she brings them to you. Meanwhile, he doesn't care, or she doesn't care about your things. I don't think even if you have the ability to give or to attend to the person, you will all the time. You know, so this scripture, looking at this scripture, Jesus told us something. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. I mean, he could have left it like that. He could have left it like that. But then there's a colon, and that means that what he's about to say is, is conditioned by what is preceding. Can we say that? Is it a good way of expressing? Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That this, that you will come before the Lord and you pray and you, you will receive answers. That you can assure that as I'm praying, I'm going to receive answers. It is based on what is preceding. It is based on something so important to him. It is based on something for which he came on earth. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That if you take these things seriously, that if these things really matter to you, you know, last night, the prayers that we were praying were very spiritual prayers. I was really happy with the topics. Very spiritual prayers. You know, and such prayers, sometimes they are difficult to pray, but these are the prayers that yield answers. These are things that bring answers. That the things of God matter to you. That you are praying that you have a heart to go after the souls. You are praying that you have a heart to look for the lost. You are praying that those who have left will come. The, those who have left because he says he will leave the 99 who do not need repentance. And then you go. So this is very important to him. You would think that if he has 99, forget about the one who doesn't care. But it is so important to him. That you will leave the 99 who do not need repentance and go and look for the one that is lost. And if this has become your prayer topic and you say, I want to pray that I will have a heart like this. Then he's saying that if that is you, if you are, you are you, you, the things that matter to him are important to you also. Then he says, then whatsoever ye shall ask of the father in my name, he may give it to you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So I have come to realize that the secret to answer prayer, the secret to have 100% answer prayer is this scripture. It is this scripture. Because it is this scripture that he gives a condition that gives 100% answered prayer. He says, whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Whatsoever. Does it mean some things? Amen. You see, you see, this is a very powerful scripture. And it means that even if it is not in the will of God and you pray for it, you will receive it. But you want to pray that what you are receiving is in the will of God. Because it says, whatsoever you shall ask. Whatsoever you shall ask. Even at, if you ask out of your ignorance, you will ask out of your stupidity, you will ask out of your your own wisdom. Whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name. If this condition has been fulfilled, he will give it to you. He will give it to you. So I think we should take the things of God very seriously. I think we should, if we want answers, we want to be, you see, this can make you, this can make you, transform you into a prophet. If you will fulfill the scripture. 
that you, whatever you pray for the Lord, is it what you want? I pray for you, you receive it. You can say that with certainty. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. So I think we should take the things of God very seriously. Amen. Take it very seriously. It gives you answered prayers. Answers to your prayers. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about the characteristics of called people. The characteristics of called people. And last week we were sharing that if you know the kinds of people that qualify for a particular type of job, it gives you the confidence to also apply for it. And it boosts your morale that I can also do it. If this person qualifies, I, then I qualify. Or I'm more than even qualified. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? That is why I think this is important, that we know the kinds of people that God has called to do his work. Amen. Amen. The kinds of people that God has called. So we went through some few characteristics, didn't we? Number one, what did we say? We said God calls failures. God calls people who have failed, failures. Now, when you fail at something, you don't ever want to try that thing again. You see, when you fail at something, it puts some fear in you that you do not want to venture in that thing again. A certain fear grips you. Hallelujah. That you would not want to ever see that thing again or want to even think of doing that thing again. How many of you have had such an experience before? You try something that failed, it failed that you don't even want to venture into that area again. But you see, when you have had such an experience, you are the kind that God is interested in. You are the kind that God is interested in. Amen. The kind who has failed at something, God is interested in you. Hallelujah. You are a failure. People look at you as a failure. Whatever you touch doesn't work. Whatever you have tried didn't work. And people look at you as someone who can never mount to anything. You can't do anything. You are the kind that God is interested in. Hallelujah. You are the kind that God is interested in. And I'm not surprised why God is interested in such people or such a person who has failed before. Hallelujah. Or who is a failure or who is considered by man as a failure. Amen. Your parents look at you as a failure. When they are thinking of your siblings who can potentially do things, you are not counted. You are not counted. You are the kind that God is interested in. Amen. Amen. Number two, what did we say? God calls unworthy people. Unworthy people. People who are unworthy. People who are not worthy. And we look into the scripture that made us understand that unworthy, unworthy is a definition by man or how you appear before man. Do you understand? And I think the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is a very wonderful scripture that excludes man's criteria totally in what God chooses and what God uses. Do you understand? Because, you know, let us look at that scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. Let us look at it again. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. It says, for you see your calling. He said, look at your calling. You see your calling. That means look at called people. Look at amongst people who they say they are called. People who are doing the work of God. People that claim that God has called. Look amongst them. You see, this is what the scripture is saying. He said, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many wise men before the eyes of men, not many wise men after the flesh. You know, this scripture is eliminating everything that you can assess of yourself. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with? See, the thing that will make you feel like you are unworthy, you are a failure, you are not qualified, is how you perceive yourself before men. 
Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Because you know yourself, and you know what you can do. And you know that what you can do is also not secret before men. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? What you can do is not secret. So what you can do is apparent before men. It's clear. We know that you failed the exam. We know that you couldn't go to college. We know that you couldn't do this. You, we know that you tried learning this trade, you couldn't. We know that you failed at this marriage. You see, it is so clear. We know the things that you have failed. We know that you, when you open your mouth, we can, according to our assessment, you don't speak with philosophy, you don't, you don't speak well, you don't have that. You, we know all of that. And you also know it. You, because you hear people who are talking, and you hear people who stand to give speech, and how people stand up and give them standing ovation and clap for them. And you know that you're not that kind of person. You know that you are not the kind of person. You know that there's no way you can speak like this person. So you ask for you, you will never have a standing ovation. You will never speak for people to clap like this. You know that. You know that you can stand before a crowd and speak. You know that you have tried that. You see, it's not like you don't know. You have tried that. You have even put your children down and tried it before your children, and you realized you were shaking, even before your children, sweating. So you know. So what I'm trying to tell you is this, that you know what men consider as a wise person. You know what men consider as a noble person. You know you are not noble. Even the way you walk, you know that you are not noble. Do you understand? The way you sit, when you sit, the way you live yourself, that is not the kind of person that people consider as. And you try. You, you try to be like a noble. So that sometimes you come before people and you know how everyone is looking. So you try. You try. You sit down. You cross your leg. And you see that that is not your thing. So you forget. In two seconds, your leg is another place again. And you are forgotten. And then you remember, hey, these people. And then, you try, and then you realize, this is not for me. So you know yourself. You can assess yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he said, for you see your calling, brethren, you see your calling. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many wise men by man's assessment of wise men, not many wise men after the flesh. So we are talking about if God is calling wise men, then he's calling wise men after the spirit. But that is not how you assess wise men. You assess wise men after the flesh. That is why you don't consider yourself as a wise man. Amen. He says, not many mighty, not many mighty, when we talk about a mighty person, you say, this person is mighty. I mean, what comes in your head? When we say, hey, Charlie, this family, mighty family. You see, what comes in your head, what comes in your head is not someone who is um, some, yeah, you know, doesn't have any, uh, even driver's license. And, you know, that is not the kind of person that comes in your head that, Oh, he belongs to a mighty family. You know, he comes from a mighty family. That is not what comes in your head. When we say someone is mighty, we say, oh, he comes from a mighty family. The first thing that comes in your head is not that he comes from a family of pastors. Is that what comes in your head? Be honest. <laughs> and you see, when we say someone comes from a mighty family, we are talking about, oh, a lot of the family members are pastors and choristers. And dramas. Is that the kind of mighty people we are talking about? So you see, when we talk about mighty, we have a definition in our head based on man's assessment. So he says, not that mighty after the flesh, not that mighty in man's assessment. Not that not many noble, not many noble. 
What is considered noble amongst men, you will not find them amongst the people that, no, you will not find many. I'm not saying that God will not choose mighty assessment by men and noble assessment by men, but he says not many. That means the majority of the people that God calls, they are not wise as men assess to be wise. They are not mighty as men assess to be mighty. And they are not noble as man assesses to be noble. That is the large majority of the people that God calls. Amen. Amen. That is why you find some preachers that they can't even speak. They can't even speak well. Do you understand? But God calls them. Amen. Amen. That is why God will call someone who does not even have classmates and makes him powerful. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Not many mighty, not many noble are called. And then he says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world. The foolish things of the world. Now they are foolish in the world. The foolish things of the world. They are not foolish. But in the world they are foolish. Do you understand? They are not foolish. But in the world they are foolish. So it says God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Because the wise will never consider preaching as a mighty thing. The wise will not consider salvation that have you given your life to Christ? There's heaven and there's hell. They will laugh at you. The wise of this world will laugh at you to make a statement like that. That there is heaven and there is hell. When you die, you can go to hell. You can go to heaven. Are you born again? What do you mean by born again? That is why, that is why Nicodemus asked, how can a man, that's a wise man, a wise man to ask, how can a man, after you are born, go back into your mother's womb and be born again? How is that possible? You are not wise. Why do you think that we have to be born again? Do you understand? So in man's wisdom, it's not possible. But it's a very wise spiritual saying that you ought to be born again. And it's not understandable by man's wisdom. It's not understandable by man's wisdom. And so, you see, God will not use such wisdom. God will not use man's wisdom. Because the things that God will use, they don't make sense to the wise of the world. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? That is why you should be open-minded about the call of God. Be open-minded and do not exclude yourself at all. Do not exclude yourself at all. Hallelujah. Number three, what did we say? God calls people who have been rejected. Rejects. Rejects. Amen. That you come to church and then you see people, they are all rejects. It's fine. That is the kind of people that God will call. Hallelujah. God calls people who have been rejected. People who have been rejected. Amen. People who men have rejected. Who will reject you? It's men. Men will reject you based on the assessment of you. So you see, that scripture in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, 29, it's eliminating the man's criteria of choosing as far as the call of God is concerned. That is why men will reject you because they will assess you Based on what man assesses to be wise, you don't qualify. Noble, you don't qualify. Mighty, you don't qualify. So where do you come in? You are a reject. And that God accepts you. That is the kind of person that God chooses. Amen. Amen. God chooses those who have been rejected. Amen. Amen. And number four. Did we go through number four? All right. Number four. God calls people who are not believable. God calls people who are not believable. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 1. God calls people who are not believable. 
Exodus 4 and verse 1, it says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me. They will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord had not appeared unto thee. Amen. They will say that the anointing of God is not on you. Wow. You see, that is man's assessment. Based on their assessment, based on man's assessment, you don't look like someone who God has called. Do you understand? You don't even have that voice. You know, you don't talk like someone who God has called. You don't walk like someone who God has called. You don't carry towels like someone who God has called. You don't sweat like someone who God has called. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because man assesses you and Moses said, they will not believe me. Because Moses was looking at the kind of people that these people believe. They believe in certain kinds of people, but the way I am, you see, he has, he has assessed himself and he knows himself. You see, that is why that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, it's a very, very important scripture. It eliminates all of man's criteria. And it helps us to include ourselves because we also assess ourselves based on man's criteria. Amen. Amen. So he says, they will not believe me. Why did he say that? Because he knows himself. And he knows the people. And he knows according to the people who is believable. And who looks like anointed. God has called. He, who looks, you see, he said, they will not believe that I saw a burning bush. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what I would tell. They will not, nobody will believe. Nobody will believe that you spoke to me. Nobody will believe that I had a vision. Nobody will believe that I heard your voice. They will even make fun of me. They, think, they will think I'm a lunatic. They will think I'm, I'm hearing things. Amen. It says, Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me. They will not believe me. Nor hacking unto my voice. That means that whatever that is, they will not. See, that is why sometimes you prophesy, people will not receive it. They don't believe it. They don't believe it. Because you don't look like it. And you don't say it like it. Do you understand? You don't say it like it. Amen. He says, nor hacking unto my voice. For they will say, the Lord has not appeared unto thee. What shows? What shows that God has appeared unto you? The same Moses, we know you are the same. Your beard is the same. Your mustache, everything is the same. What shows that? You see, man wants to see something. Man wants to see that when you lift your hand, fire is coming from your hand. Then we can see and we can tell that God has called you. That when I touch you, you feel that burn, heat, some heat came into your body. Then we can tell you that. You see, that is man's assessment. And so this, you are, you, they will not believe me. This, they will not believe me. They will not believe me. Amen. But God calls people who are not credible. Who are not credible. Moses felt this way. Hallelujah. Moses felt this way. Sometimes you feel, even you, you feel that even the color of your skin makes you not credible. Do you understand? Sometimes you feel your accent makes you not credible. The way you look makes you not credible. Do you understand? One time I went to, I went to a store in some wild neighborhood. You know, I went to the store. I mean some <laughs> well-known store. Like, um, I just, I think um, we went somewhere and then the people were doing something. So I just was walking around. And I entered the store, just looking around. And then as soon as I entered the store, about three people were assigned to like, monitor me. Do you understand? <laughs> they were assigned to monitor me. And so then I was walking in the aisle, and then I see one will come in the aisle, and then will pretend like they were arranging the, the things. And then 
and then I'll go to the next aisle, and then, so I realized, then I noticed that this is what they're doing, so I started playing games with them. <laughs> so, so I'll go, I'll go in between some, and then I'll hide myself, <laughs> and then I will hide, and then they were very aggressive looking, they were wondering, they were worried. And then I see, and then they were giving signs, and they were watching, and then looking, and they, were, they couldn't find them. I'll show up. And then they will relax. <laughs> and then I'll show up. And then I'll do it, say, hey, I am here. <laughs> you know? And I say, oh, I'm still here. <laughs> and then I will, I will hide again. And then, I'm, and then they realize that I, I was just playing with them. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, have you gone to a store where people are following you like that before? Yeah. Are you a thief? No. You are not a thief. You know you are not a thief. But that is what they think of you. That is what they think of you by their standards. By man's standard, that is how, by man's standard, you are not credible. By man's standard, you are a thief. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And so, before man, you are not credible. Amen. And that is why, that is why God does not choose by man's standard. That is why God will never choose by man's standard. God will not use the standard of man. He eliminates it totally. Because if it is by the standard of man, you are not credible. You look like a thief. You look like someone that we should follow and monitor. Look at a pastor. A pastor. And then you are monitoring a pastor, suspicious that a pastor can potentially be a thief. Do you understand? By man's standard, by man's criteria, that's a potential thief that has come in a store. A whole pastor. And he was hiding too. They couldn't find him. And they went up very wild. God will never use man's standard to choose you. Hallelujah. Amen. God will never use man's standard. So people do not believe you. You are the kind that God will choose. Hallelujah. Number five. God calls people with inferiority complex. God calls people with inferiority complex. God calls people with inferiority complex. Hallelujah. People who have low perception about themselves. People who do not have very high perception of themselves. A kind of person that looks down upon himself. You look down upon yourself. You are a person with inferiority complex. People who do not count themselves among important people. They don't count themselves among important people. When they see important people, people who consider themselves as important, sitting, gathering, they will never go there. They will never go there. You are the kind of person that God calls. I say you are the kind of person that God calls. Amen. He says not many noble, not many mighty, not many mighty, not many noble. You don't count yourself as a noble person. You see, when important people gather, you don't feel like you belong there. These are, these are people with um, five degrees. They are, they are burning with degrees. These are the kind of people that have gathered. You don't feel like I belong here. You don't feel like I belong here. These are people who speak in a certain way. You don't feel like you belong there. You see, you have certain complex around you. You are the kind of person that God chooses. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10. He said, And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto my, thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. He says, I'm not eloquent. Look at the people who are talking. 
Look at even the people where you are sending me, the, the way they talk. They will laugh at me. I am not that eloquent. Have you seen Pharaoh stand before people and talking? Have you heard him? I'm not that eloquent. I can appear before such people and talk and let them take me seriously. Hallelujah. You see, we all have something about us that we do not like. Everyone has some complex, something about you that you do not like. Moses also had a speaking problem. Moses had a speaking problem, something about him that he was not proud of, something that he didn't count as a strong point. But amazingly, this is the job that God was calling him to do, to talk, to speak, to talk. And I'm saying God will eliminate everything that man will assess as your strongest point for which you may qualify. God will use your weakest point as a criteria to include you. Talk about when two people are fighting, go and kill one. Yes, that I'm good. You know, Moses have karate movies. And he can, two people are fighting, he can take one down. But now God is calling him to negotiate, to talk. He says, I am not that eloquent. I am not eloquent. Amen. Amen. This is your weakest point, and that is the, the, the point, that the characteristic that God is using as a criteria even to choose you. To give you work that involves talking. Meanwhile, you are not eloquent. So God knows your weaknesses. God knows why you are weak. He knows what he's getting when he's calling you. Hallelujah. He knows the thing that you are not very happy about. He knows the thing that you wouldn't want a lot of people to know. God knows that thing about you. And he wants to use that thing, that particular thing, that you think is something that is, no one should know about. It's so embarrassing for people to even know that you are this, or you have this, or you... That is the thing that God wants to use. Amen. Amen. Yet sometimes when he calls us, that is the reason why we feel we are not called. That is the very reason Moses felt that if it is talking that you are calling me to do, I don't qualify. I am not eloquent. I am not eloquent. Hallelujah. I am not eloquent. I personally, I have asked so many people to join the choir. I've asked people to join the choir and they say, I cannot sing. I cannot sing. I cannot sing. I say, why don't you join the choir? Oh, no. I cannot sing. But that is the thing that God wants to use. The fact that you cannot sing. You see, you are saying you cannot sing because you don't want to embarrass yourself. Do you understand? They say, I cannot sing. I cannot sing, so I will not join the choir. I cannot join the choir to even embarrass them. Because they will assess me how I can sing. And your inability to sing is the criteria God is using to choose you to sing. Amen. And that scripture, it says that so that when you are singing and people are applauding and they're saying, wow, then you know that this is not you. Then you know that this glory is not yours. Because based on your assessment, based on you, you know that you cannot sing. And God is using that particular thing, your weakest point, to include you and to make you sing. Such that when you begin to sing and you open your mouth to sing, you will know that this is God. Amen. Amen. That this is God. That this is God. That this is God. Look at 1 Corinthians 1 29. 1 Corinthians 1 and 29. It says that, that no flesh, no flesh should glory in his presence. For that he will use that which is not mighty, that which is not noble, that which is not wise in the eyes of men. He will use that. So when man sees 
that he's not that wise. He's not that mighty. He couldn't sing. And he's singing like this. Then they will give the glory to God. That you yourself, you cannot stand to glory. That no flesh will glory in his presence. That means your ability to sing now is the presence of God in you. And when he's present, no man should take glory in that. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? That no man should take glory in God's presence. Hallelujah. That is why Jesus said, you have not chosen me. You have not chosen me. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Because if he was to leave the choosing to you to do, you will never do his work. You will never qualify. You will never include yourself. So he says, I have chosen you. Because if I leave you to choose, you will go through the criteria and say, I'm not mighty. I'm not wise. I'm not noble. I am not this. I am not that. And so I don't qualify. So he says, I have chosen you. You have not chosen me. To eliminate all of your criteria to exclude yourself. Hallelujah. I will never would have chosen myself as a preacher. I will never would have for once would have said, I am a preacher, that, you know, I am born a preacher, I am going to be a... I would never would have. I was born to preach. You know? I knew the day I was born that I was going to be a preacher. You know? And so when I held the microphone, it wasn't a surprising thing to me, you know? (laughs) What a shock. Amen. You see, if it was left to me to choose, my daughter, for instance, would not be singing. She wouldn't be singing. Because I used to laugh when she was singing. When she was a little girl in a car, you remember? I said, oh, this girl likes to sing, but may the Lord give you a voice. I, would, I used to laugh. But one day, a pastor told me, he says, wow, your daughter can sing. I said, oh, Really? You see, if it is, Jesus were to leave it to us to choose, we will never do his work. So he says, you have not chosen me. Don't look at your characteristics. Don't look at what you qualify for. Don't look at what you can do and what you can, because you have not chosen, I have chosen you. I have chosen you. And I have ordained you. I have made you special for this particular work. I have ordained you. Amen. You have not chosen me. So Psalm 103 verse 14, he says, For he knoweth our frame. He knows your frame. And he knoweth, he remembered that we are but dust. Nothing more than that. He knows that. So there's nothing about you that God does not know. He knows of your weaknesses. He knows that you are not eloquent. He knows that you can speak well. But he has chosen you. That is why you did not choose him. You did not choose to be a pastor for him. He says, I have chosen you. Hallelujah. So listen to what God told Moses in response to his excuse in Exodus 4 verse 11. Exodus 4 verse 11. He says, let's leave it verse 10. Let's read from verse 10 coming down. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, That means, I wasn't eloquent before I met you. I am not eloquent even after I have been talking to you. Never will I be eloquent. Neither here too far. Not here, not there, not not tomorrow. I will never be eloquent. (laughs) So Moses was given every excuse not to even have dreams. Don't even think of it. That, oh, after you have been with me for a while, you become... He says, I... Since you started talking to me, have you heard any word that has come out of my mouth that sounds like an eloquent word? Neither here to fall. I will not be eloquent. He says, I am not eloquent now, neither here to fall, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am of slow speech and of slow tongue. 
I'm slow, I'm slow tongue. Can't you hear? I have slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Who has made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb? Or deaf? Who makes the one not to hear? Or the one who cannot speak? Who made them? Or the seen? Or the blind? Who made you to see? Who made another person that cannot see? Have not I the Lord? You see, so this scripture, you can see that different people, different things about them, and people exclude them, and people think that, oh, you, you can do this, you can. God has made all of them for a purpose. God has made all of them. He says, he's the one that made all of these people. He says, have I not, he says, have not I the Lord? Who made all these people? Have not I the Lord? Verse 12. Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth. I will be with thy mouth. I will be in the presence. I will be there. So that no man will take glory in his presence. Now go therefore, I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. So sometimes you wonder, Rhoda, you wonder, we say, oh, you can, you can be a minister, you can preach. <laughs> I can, how? You see, it does not even cross your mind. But he says that he will teach you what to say. There are many times that I've come and I don't know even what to preach. But he said he will teach you what to say. He will teach you what to say. Amen. Amen. He will teach you what to say. Sometimes Saturday night, you are waiting on the Lord. You are waiting on the Lord. You say, Lord, what am I going to preach? And then some people will come. Are you still awake? Hey. <laughs> people will go and go to, close their eyes and go to the restroom and come back and you are waiting on the Lord. But he says, I will teach you what to say. I will teach you what thou shalt say. Verse 13. And he said, Oh my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou shalt send. He says, It's like, send anyone that you, anyone besides me. Just choose anyone but me. Send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Anyone but not me. This is Moses, the one that God has called. Now listen, verse 14. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. You see, because God has made you for a particular reason, with all your weaknesses, for a particular reason, with all your deficits, with all your deficiencies, the things that you can and cannot do, God has made them for a reason. And so the Bible says the anger of the Lord as God has planned your makeup. He has planned your genetics. He has planned all of this for a purpose. And now you are standing before him using all those plans as reasons why you cannot do his work. The Bible says the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, this is what God said. It's not Aaron the Lev- it's not Aaron the Levite thy brother. It's not Aaron the Levite thy brother. I know that he can speak well. Hello. He says, I know, I know. It's not Aaron your brother. Are you not from the same parents? It's not Aaron your brother. I know that he can speak well. I know. Don't you think I knew someone among the family, another Levite of the same blood that can speak well? Don't you know I knew Aaron? I know Aaron that is your brother and he can speak well. He can speak better than you, but I chose you. It's not that I don't know of anyone amongst that family, even if I want to choose from that family. It's not that I don't know of another who is better than you. It's not that I don't know of another who speaks well. Who speaks better than you? He says, I know of Aaron, your brother, and I know that he can speak well. Is it talking you are dealing with? I know someone who can speak well. I know that. 
Before I called you, I knew that Aaron is your brother and he can speak well. And did you see the scripture? He said, it's not Aaron the Levite, thy brother. The Levite, thy brother, the priest. Is he not your brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. When he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. You know, this scripture, you know, I, I just pondered over it, you know, and the Bible says the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses because of all the excuses that he was making. Because of all the excuses that he was making. You know, sometimes the excuses that we make, sometimes the excuses, you see, God knows of your deficiencies. God knows of your strength. God knows of what you can do and what you cannot do. And he knew all of that before he chose you. God knows the reason why he chose this person and not that person. You know, it is us. It is us who fight. We are the ones who fight. And we fight and say, why this one? Why not that one? Why this one? Because of our criteria of choosing. Because of our criteria of who looks elegant. Who, who looks elegant. Who, looks, who speaks eloquently. Is that a word? Because of our criteria. Do you understand? So, apparently, between Moses and Levite, between Moses and Aaron, of the same parents and of the same family, there was some form of, if man was choosing, there was an equipoise between Moses and Aaron. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Do you understand what is equipoise? So, this one, it can be equally used as this one. Meanwhile, this one has even more better of a speech given his eloquence. And I know that. Probably that is why he's the priest. That is why man chose him. Because he's eloquent. He speaks well. And I know him. And I know he's your brother. But I chose you. And the anger of the Lord kindled against Moses. You know, I think sometimes we make God look like he doesn't know what he's asking for. He doesn't know. He, does, he doesn't know. You see, sometimes the way we fight, even when someone is chosen as a leader or someone is chosen to do something, the way we fight that person, we are telling God that, can't you see there were other men, there were other women, you could have, this, uh, that is what we are telling God. The Bible says the anger of the Lord kindled against Moses for underrating his choices. He says, choose anyone but me. Choose anyone but me. Amen. But sometimes, you see, our excuses and some of this type of behavior is sometimes will make God bring someone into our ministry that perhaps ought not to be. Do you understand? Sometimes, perhaps, because I'm looking at the scripture and God has called Moses. And Moses is giving all these excuses based on his assessment of himself and how men will look at him and receive him. And it has now forced God to now bring someone in because Aaron coming in was based on God's anger kindled against Moses. And he says, if this is how I'm going to get you to do it, you see, because the, the gifting of God, they are without repentance. Do you understand? If this is how I'm going to get you to do the work, then yes, bring Aaron. Bring him, bring him in. I know he can speak well. Bring him in. Bring him in. And sometimes we force God to bring someone into our ministry, into our lives, that ought not to be there. Perhaps, perhaps, Moses wasn't supposed to not enter into the promised land if Aaron was not involved in his life. Perhaps. Perhaps. Because it was when Moses had gone to be with the Lord 
that Aaron led the people to make the golden calf. And when he came with anger, when he saw, crash the tablets. Perhaps if Moses had hacking, overlooked his weaknesses and hacking to the voice of God and hacking to the calling and say, just as I am, just as I look, just as I sing, just as I preach, just as I play the instrument, just as I am, I'm going to do it for God. Perhaps if he had done that, maybe Aaron would not have been involved in his ministry to that leadership role where the people will look at him and ask him to help us build the golden calf. Perhaps Moses will not have missed the promised land. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying with you? I'm not sure. The same thing happened with Abraham. God called Abraham, and he called Lot to come with him. He called him. He said, leave your father's kindred. Leave them and come. But he brought another one with him. And look at the trouble that Aaron, uh, Lot caused. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So sometimes what we perceive of ourselves as weakness and cause us to exclude ourselves, it will make God replace us with someone. It will make God replace us with someone. So you see, he says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, it's not Aaron the Levite thy brother. I know that he can speak well. I know that he can speak well. It's not that I'm ignorant of who can speak well. It's not that I don't know amongst the people who can speak well. I know there is one who can speak well. Before I chose you, I knew there was Aaron. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet with thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. He will be very happy. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what he shall do. What ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman. Perhaps there wasn't supposed to be a spokesman. You understand? And he, and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. Is it not this post that made Aaron now be a spokesman to help them build a golden calf? And later on, criticizing him, criticizing his marriage, because now we are co-ministers. And he says, and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth and thou shalt be to him instead of God. Hallelujah. And thou shalt take this rod in thy hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. Hallelujah. Amen. God calls people with inferiority complex. I think our time is up. And I want us to pause here, and then we continue. So, what are the characteristics of the people that God calls? Number one, God calls failures, failures, failures. Number two, God calls unworthy people, people who are unworthy. Number three, God calls people who are rejected, rejects. God calls people who men have rejected. God calls people who are rejected. The next one, I couldn't hear you. God calls people who are not believable. People who are not believable. When men cannot believe you, God calls such people. When God calls you, it doesn't mean that men will believe you, but respond. Amen. Amen. God calls people who are not believable. The next one. Who? God calls people with inferiority complex. God calls people with inferiority complex. And is that all? Yes. Wonderful. Okay, we'll pause here, and God willing, we'll continue next time that we meet.
Why don't you clap for Jesus and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Father, we are thankful. Oh, we are grateful. We are thankful, Lord, to revealing to us, Lord. Father, the things that we will use to exclude ourselves, the things that will make us feel that we are not called, the things that, Lord, when we assess, we will think that we are not the kind that you will call. Father, we thank you that you have also included us in this great work. We are thankful, Lord, that you have included us in this noble work, in this mighty work. Lord, not mighty by the assessment of man, not noble in the eyes of man, not wise among flesh, but Lord, such are the people that you have called. Thank you, Lord, for including us also. Thank you, Lord, for including us. Forgive us, Lord, that we have excluded ourselves. Forgive us, Lord, that we have excluded ourselves by man's criteria. We have used the criteria of man to exclude ourselves from potential cause, from people that you will call. Lord, we have used the wisdom of man, the nobility of man. We have used the might of man to exclude many from this great work. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Think of your way. Lord, we avail ourselves, oh God. Lord, have your way. We avail ourselves. Help us, Lord, to overlook our weaknesses, to overlook our deficiencies, to overlook our inabilities. Lord, it is not our strength, it is not by our minds, for it is by your spirit. For you say that no flesh shall glory in your presence. We thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank have you, Lord. your way. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord. Yes. Lord, your way. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Have your way. Oh, Lord, have your way. As we have not chosen you. You say ye have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. I have chosen you. And ordained you. And ordained you. you. That we should go and bring forth fruit. That your fruit shall remain. And you say, when we have fulfilled this, as forever we shall answer the Father in your name. It shall be given to us. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we pray, we thank you, Lord, that we did not choose you, but you chose us. We thank you. For if we have chosen, we would not have chosen you. We would never have included ourselves. We give you glory. We thank you that the choice is not ours. Speak your word into Father, we are thankful and grateful tonight. We thank you, Lord, for revealing these things to us. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us these things. Father, forgive us, for we have used the criteria of men. We have used the selection of men to exclude many, to exclude ourselves. But Lord, we thank you that the choice is not ours. We thank you, Lord, that the choice is not of man. The choice is not in our hand. For if we have chosen, 
we wouldn't choose what you would choose if we had chosen we wouldn't choose you we wouldn't include ourselves but you say you have chosen us we have not chosen you you chose us and you ordained us you separated us and you made us special and you send us to go and bring forth fruit and that our fruit will remain Lord, we thank you that you are equipping us where we see ourselves deficient. You are equipping us where we see ourselves weak. You have strengthened us. You have made us mighty when we were not mighty in the eyes of men. You have made us noble when we were not noble in the eyes of men. And you have made us wise when we were not wise by men's criteria. We give you glory and we give you honor. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer tonight, I want to pray with you. You say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your prayer, just lift up your hand. I will say a simple prayer with you. Say, Pastor, help me to come to Jesus. Help me. Pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Father, we are thankful and grateful tonight. We are thankful for your giftings. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. We thank you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Why don't you clap properly for Jesus as you take your seats? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.